Praise the Lord. It's always interesting to see uh, when you're in the, a church service, the power of God is moving. Uh, it's always interesting to see who gets the most out of that atmosphere. And uh, I don't believe that when God visits us, it's only going to benefit one or just a few people that are in that environment. But I strongly believe that when God shows up, his power begins to move and people are affected. I believe it's for everybody. Well, thank you all five of you to agree with me. I believe that it's for everybody. Poke the person in the shoulder next to you and say, it's for you. And if they try to ignore you, keep poking them until they look at you in the eyeball and say, it's for you. It's for you. Yeah, it's for you. It's for you. It's not just for the new person. It's for you. And in this service, in the services that we're having this weekend, we realize, and it's not just for the adults. It's for you. You don't got to wait till you grown man, rusty old beard, five kids to get a hold of the Lord. You can get a hold of them right now. Somebody say it's for me. Yeah, it's for you. It's for you tonight. Hallelujah. I know I told you to make your way to your seats, but I did not tell you to sit down, so why don't you go get back up. I know you've been standing a while. I won't keep you up long, but I do feel the presence of the Lord here, and I, I, I wish... I, I really, it's my desire to see everyone get what God has available for them tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. I hear the adults, well, why don't, why don't some young people begin to respond? Say amen. amen. Come on, some of y'all need to just revive some of that Pentecostal vocabulary. Just say amen. amen. Come on, say thank you. Come on, don't say thank you. <laughs> say thank you. Come on, say glory. Yeah, come on now. Until you feel it in your back and you, you know, begin to sway a little bit. Glory! Come on now. Well, we, we've kind of lost some of that fervor, some of that energy, and that vigor, that fire that brought us to where we are right now. You see, churches like this weren't built in a day. Churches like this weren't built by just uh, accidental uh, worship and prayer. and It was built intentionally by people that intentionally made an effort to get a hold of God. And if your children are going to know what it is to feel the presence of the Lord, you, tap your neighbor, come on, poke them, say you, you are going to have to get a hold of God right now. And I know many people would like to uh, complain about how uh, things are going in our world and in our nation and our society right now, but it's not going to change unless you get a hold of God. Somebody say, I got to get a hold of God. You can't just get a hold of him when you're in church. Now, come on now. Oh, hallelujah. You got to get a hold of him when you're at home. You got to get a hold of him while you're by yourself. Nobody's looking. You got to get a hold of him when you're at school. You got to get a hold of him when people invite you to do things that you know is against your walk with God. You need, you need something on the inside of you that's going to let you begin to get a hold of, of the truth and the, the power that's, oh, hallelujah. I don't just want to feel it when I come to service, but I want it to follow me everywhere I go. I want when I get to, in, oh, hallelujah, in the presence of the Lord to be with me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He used to call, he used to call us all kinds of names. He used to call us the Jesus only, the rolling rockers. Come on now. Holy rollers. They used to call a more recent one is, is the bunheads. 
I don't see much of you having buns. This is a new generation, you know. When I was a young person, everybody had buns right on top of their head. You should call them the bun heads. Now, if you got a bun on top of your head, don't be trying to duck and trying to hide or nothing like that. I see you. I ain't going to point at you. I ain't going to point no elbows at you. But I see you. But it's all right. I don't care what they call me. Hallelujah. It's all about what the Lord has called me. And I want to be called by his name. Hallelujah. Oh, he used to sing a song. He used to say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And if I'm going to be anything in this world, I want to be one of them. Praise God. First Kings chapter 18, verse 36. You can open up your Bibles. You now have permission to take out your phones and open your Bible apps. If you don't have a Bible app, do not take out your phone. I'm going to try to download one right now. First Kings 18, verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. He's praying right now. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. What things? You see, this scripture is talking about a time where the nation of Israel forgotten about God. And God wanted to restore some things amongst his people. And so he sent this man of God named Elijah to go challenge everything that was wrong and false in that nation. And he told all the false prophets to meet him on a mountain. And they were going to see whose God was really the true God. And the God that would send fire from heaven, that would be the true God. So they created an altar placed a sacrifice on that altar, he did the same. And it's funny to note that in the scripture, they did all the things that you're supposed to do to make a sacrifice unto God. They did everything right. They had their altar, put the sacrifice, everything was in order. They even worshipped, but there was no fire. Could it be possible that we can have all the right formalities and we can even come and begin to worship, but there ain't no fire. I don't want to be in a church service where we're just going through the motions. I don't want to be in a church service where we're just going through the formalities of what we know is supposed to happen in church. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall down. Mm. Hallelujah. So he's here. They did what the, whatever they could do to let fire fall on their sacrifice, but nothing happened. There was no supernatural event, even though they had a sacrifice and even though they had worship. But there was no moving of the supernatural. And so he got his altar together, placed a sacrifice on that altar. And the uh, Bible says he lifted up his voice and began to pray to the Lord. And when he prayed that prayer, he said, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. He wanted God to do this supernatural event so that the people would know, that everybody that was watching him would know that the God that he served was the real God, that he had the real thing. And so... He said that the people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. And after he prayed that prayer, the Bible says the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is 
be God. I want to preach tonight, uh, help the Lord, uh, something that I really feel that we, we really need to stir something up inside of us. I don't think there are many people here that are, uh, uh, I would say, freshmen to church. There, there are a lot of people that are familiar with church in this house tonight. There may be one or two uh, uh, new people or visiting uh, saints that are with us tonight. But I, I want to speak to the majority of us that are here tonight. And I feel like God wants us to bring back the fire. Poke the person next to you. Look them square in the eyeball. And say, bring it back. Bring back the fire. How many people here have the Holy Ghost? Have you ever received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. How many people ever been baptized in Jesus' name? Now, I want you to go down memory lane. Close your eyes and think back to that moment when you received the Holy Ghost. How does that measure up to your response in the worship tonight? Is it the same? Was it more then than it is now? Is it more now than it is then? Is it, if it's less right now than what you remember you experienced back then, I believe God is talking to you tonight. You need to bring back the fire. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord God, for your spirit that is in this place. We need your power to move, Lord God, and speak to every person under the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus. Lord, turn the microphone of heaven on, Lord Jesus, and speak to your people, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let their hearts and their minds be open to receive your word tonight. And as we receive the word that you'll speak to us, help us to respond to it, Lord God. Help us to internalize it, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we want you to have your way tonight. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. Open up your mouths and give God a praise as you're seated today. Hallelujah. 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 For hundreds of years, mankind has harnessed the power of electric currents. Uh, they use electricity as a very viable source of energy. Because of electricity, a man by the name of Thomas Edison was able to develop the light bulb. Now, the advent of the light bulb revolutionized the known world because it took the use of electrical power and turned it into a usable and visible utility. However, thousands of years earlier, before there was ever the usage of electricity. A single element dominated the world of energy. Everybody say fire. fire. Fire produces heat. Fire consumes waste. Fire emits light and brightens its surroundings. Tonight, I believe that it's the will of God for us to be affected and impacted and transformed by the fire. And it's not a natural fire that I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about the fire of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. amen. There's a story in the Bible about a man by the name of Paul that was being transported as a prisoner to Rome to go before the court. And on his way there, he encountered a storm. And when he encountered this storm, uh, the Bible tells us that they were shipwrecked and landed on an island called Melita. And the Bible says there was some very uh, barbarous or barbarian people there, and they began to welcome everybody that was shipwrecked from the storm. And they showed them much kindness because the Bible said they kindled a fire and received everyone to the fire because of the storm. And the Bible says that Paul decided to help 
what was going on at that time. He didn't just want to be a bystander looking at what everybody else was doing. He wanted to get involved. And so he decided, I'm not just going to sit around the fire and enjoy the heat from the flames. I, I, I'm going to partake in what's going on right now. So the Bible says he went around and began to gather some sticks to fuel the fire that was already there. And the Bible says that when he laid those sticks on the fire, out of the heat of those flames came a viper. Everybody say a viper. And this viper fastened on Paul's hand. Now, at this moment, everybody that saw what was going on thought that Paul would have dropped down dead. And he should have been affected by what attacked him when he was fueling the fire. But the Bible says that he wasn't affected by the attacks upon him when he attempted to fuel the fire because he did something that allowed him to loosen the grip of this venomous beast. He didn't just sit there and complain about what was going on at the time that all he was trying to do is serve God and all he was trying to do is just grow this fire that's already there and, and, and I'm just doing the right thing and all of a sudden something is starting to attack me now. Uh, bad things are starting to happen to me now because uh, I, don't, I don't even know why it's happening. I'm, I'm doing the right thing. He didn't point his finger up in heaven and blame God, but what he did was he began to shake off what was trying to hold on to him. And he didn't just shake it off anywhere. He went back to the fire to shake it off back in the fire. Because Paul understood something. The reason why this viper is attacking me is because of what I was doing right before it jumped out. And what I was doing is I was fueling the fire that was already there. And that's exactly how the enemy of your soul will begin to attack you. Every time you try to fuel the fire of the Holy Ghost in your the moment you begin to be faithful to the Lord, the moment you begin to find a rhythm and you begin to make you service and you, you begin to come to church and every week and you begin to pray when you're at home and you begin to live for God you begin to read more of the Bible you begin to do more things that'll cause the fire of the Holy Ghost to grow in your life that's when the enemy will try to jump out and try to latch on to you but you can't just sit there and allow the enemy to do whatever he's trying to do in your life you have got to do something you can't just stand there you've got to go back and begin to shake him off you go oh, hallelujah the worst thing you can do when the enemy's trying to attack you is to stay still but I believe there's some young people in the house tonight that's saying I'm not just going to stay still and watch the enemy wreak havoc in my mind and try to mess up my soul and try to mess with my emotions and try to mess up my family I'm going to do something I'm going to begin to shake I'm going to begin to move under the power of the Holy Ghost Hallelujah. The same thing that caused the enemy to try to latch on to you is going to be the same thing that's going to destroy the enemy in the end. It's going to be the fire of the Holy Ghost. He don't want to see you go to heaven. He don't want to see you do good. He, he wants you to continue to do those things that you do in private. He wants you to continue to go to those places that you know your parents don't want you to go. He wants you to continue to talk to that young lady or that young man that you know they ain't going to lead you to the cross. They're going to lead you somewhere else, dark and lonely. And they're going to lead you to a place to make some decisions you're going to regret in the end. But God is trying to awake somebody tonight to, to stir up the gift that is within you and begin to shake off all those things that are trying to latch on to you. There are some people in your school that are trying to latch on to you. There are some influences out there that are trying to latch on to you. But you can't just let it grab a hold. You've got to shake it off. And you can't just shake it off carnally or idly you got to get some fire going on in your soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy wants to stop you. 
He don't want to see the fire growing in your life. He wants to stop you. He wants to stop you from being an example. He wants to stop you from growing in God. He wants to stop you so that you wouldn't even think that you would be able to win a soul. That you would be able to lead somebody to salvation before the year is out. That you would be able to start a Bible club in your school. That you would be able to teach a Bible study. He, he don't even want you to think that far. So what he'll do, he'll jump out try to latch on to you through your music. He'll latch on to you through whatever you watch on Hulu or Netflix and try to latch on to you with all type of influences. And in your mind, it's not, you're not really doing anything wrong, but you're allowing certain influences in your life that's going to hold on to you. The moment you try to take a step forward to God, it's going to pull you back so quick that you don't even know how you got where you are. But somebody needs to shake off that enemy tonight and tell the devil, I'm going to bring back the fire of the Holy Ghost in my life. Hallelujah. That's what the enemy does. He'll try to latch on to you. I don't think it's by accident that the, the, the Bible uh, makes a parallel for serpents to be like the devil. I don't think it's by accident. The Bible says that there was a serpent in the garden that beguiled Eve. Very first sin was influenced by the serpent. Here he comes, one more time. Paul trying to do the right thing. Paul trying to stir up some fire in that environment. All of a sudden, the enemy just comes and latches on to him. You know why the enemy wants to latch on to you? It's because he, want, he, he doesn't necessarily seek to kill you immediately. But what he'll do, he'll jump out, latch on to you. Once you get a good grip, he'll try to sink his fangs into you. But he's not just trying to bite you so you can feel a little pinch and say, ah, but he's trying to release something in your system. He's trying to, he's trying to put some poison in your bloodstream. He's trying, to, he's trying to release some things in you that it might not kill you immediately. But eventually, if you let it stay there too long, it's going to begin to affect your system. And that's exactly what venom does. It's a poison that when it gets in your body, it begins to affect your nervous system, begins to desensitize you or take away your ability to feel. And when you see people come in church and they can't feel God, there's something in your life that has taken a hold of you. There's been something that's been released in your spirit that you can't feel the Holy Ghost. You can't feel the power of God when it's moving and everybody else is worshiping. Everybody else is crying and trembling under the power of God but you can't feel a thing. You don't even know what's going on. You can't even tell that the Holy Ghost is here. It's because there is something that has been released in your spirit but you don't have to take it anymore. You can bring back the fire. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, poke your neighbor and say, shake it off. Come on, tell them, don't just sit there. You, you got to begin to move. You got to begin to do something. Why don't you stand up a little bit? You need to just shake that off. Whatever it is that's trying to hold on to you. That's all right. Go ahead, stand up and shake it off. Shake it off. Shake off that enemy. Shake off that depression. Shake off that loneliness. Shake off that habit. Shake off that sin. Shake off that influence. Shake off that darkness. Shake off that demon. Shake him off. Shake him off. Shake him off. Hallelujah. Can't just wish it away. You can't just let it, oh, I let it run its course. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll go away. Devil ain't going to take a day off. Yeah, that's the devil's hashtag. No days off. No, he don't take days off. He's coming at you every day. He's coming at you every moment. 
And when you begin to let up a little bit, when you begin to get off your game, he begins to latch on just a little bit tighter. And he begins to release his venom in you a little bit more. And all of a sudden, when you used to be in the front and then have to call you up, you used to worship, you used to jump up and down and clap your hands and praise God and you didn't care who was looking all of a sudden. You just in the back and you just in the cut, just, you know, in your own little space, on your own little box and you, you, can't, you can't do anything. You can't feel the Lord and you're not even looking to feel the Lord. You're just there because you know that you, you don't want people to talk about you when you don't come. So you come and you just, you're just there in body but you're not here in spirit. God wants to set a fire under somebody tonight. God wants to stir somebody up tonight that you can get the devil off of you. It's how he attacks us. It's not always when we're doing wrong. Sometimes when you're doing the right thing, the enemy try to come and just latch on to you. And he releases venom in your system. It's so funny. Where does, where does a snake's venom come from? From his fangs. From his fangs. It's not, it's not rocket science. His fangs. Where is his fangs? In his mouth. In his mouth. These some intelligent brothers I'm talking about. Oh, no. So the devil is releasing something in you from his mouth. Mm. Let me take my time a little bit. Yeah. And so he might not get you to do some of the bigger sins, but maybe he'll send somebody your way to say something in, to you that'll mess up your spirit. To introduce some thoughts to you that'll mess up your faith. Cause you to question what you thought you knew was true. So he'll release some things in your system. And it'll begin to work on your spiritual, oh hallelujah. It'll begin to break down every sense of the spirit that you have. It'll begin to tear down everything that the, the, the Lord tried to build up in you. It'll work against the kingdom of God in you. Why? Because the enemy is trying to build another kingdom in you. So he'll release some venom in your life. It comes in many different shapes and forms. But once you let it in, it's going to begin to affect you. And I, the more you begin to entertain it is the more it'll begin to tear down your spiritual body until you can't even feel anything anymore. And, you, you know, the, the, the way that most preachers know who to preach to is when they see the people that are the stiffest in service. They know that either this person doesn't have the Holy Ghost or this person need a double dose. They need to bring back the fire. So it's not the person that's, you know, flipping over the rolls or hanging off the chandeliers or licking the paint off the wall. It's not those people that the preacher zeroes in on because he's like, they either got it or they're faking it till they make it. <laughs> but they, they, at least they're doing something. But the people that don't move, oh, hallelujah. The people that are unresponsive to praise and worship stimuli, those are the people that you got to worry about. Oh, hallelujah. People that cannot respond in the presence of the Lord. Those are the people that are in trouble because the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that the dead praise not the Lord. Neither those that go down into the pit. So if the dead praise not the Lord, the only requirement for you to be okay to praise not the Lord is if you're dead. So people that cannot worship when they come to church, people that cannot respond in praise when they come to service, guess what? Something's dead in or around them. Mm -hmm. Because you can't move. You can't respond to the presence of the Lord. 
So something in you or around you is that you've been hanging around dead things too long. You've been hanging around things that's trying to bring you down to a place of spiritual zero. But some of y'all need to kick that dead stuff out of your life and begin to rekindle a fire in your spirit. You know, I heard, I heard this story told by another preacher. And you know, that's what preachers do. We hear things from other preachers and we repeat it. And we, and we, 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 we reference the person that said it once, but if we use it again, we don't say nothing about the person that said it first. Because all you got to do is give credit once, then it's yours. That's what some preachers do. I, I can't say it. I can neither confirm nor deny if I do that. But I heard a story from a preacher. But when I hear stories from preachers, I don't just go repeat it. Because, you know, some people be saying some off-the-wall stuff. And I don't want to repeat something that ain't even true. But I, I did a little research. I, I did some story behind it. I did some research behind the story. So story is that he was with a pastor, and uh, his pastor was trying to uh, get some things together for his building. So the fire marshal came by the facility and uh, was checking out, you know, the facility, making sure things were up to code or whatever, doing some uh, inspections or whatever. And he would hear this uh, beat go off from the fire marshal. And so when he heard the beat, the fire marshal would do something like this. And so, you know, they'd have a conversation and all of a sudden, beat. And the pastor was like, kind of looking like, what's wrong with this dude, man? And so he finally asked the fire marshal, why are you Jumping like that. Oh, you said, you, oh, you hear that beat that's coming from this device? It's called a, a, a pass device. It's a pass monitor. So it monitors the movement of firefighters. And this device monitors if someone is not moving because firefighters go into all types of dangerous situations. And if they're not moving, this device sends off a sound and a beacon so that others can know that their life is in jeopardy because they're not moving. They're either trapped or they're in danger in the fire that they're in. And so, it's because the, 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 the uh, philosophy behind it is if something is in a fire and not moving, it's dead. And so, he would jump every time this thing went off so that this uh, device would register that he was still alive. He was still able to move. And uh, I, I got to thinking a little bit. I was like, man, that's, that's pretty good right there. I'm, I'm chewing that a little bit right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that means that when people go into the fire to fight the fire, they have to have this device on them to register if they're able to still move around or not because if they, they can't move around, that means they're in trouble. If they can't respond in the midst of a fire, they're in trouble. And guess what? If you can't respond in the midst of the fire, you're in trouble. If you can't move when the power of the Lord... When the worship is going how it was earlier in the service and you can't respond, you can't move, you can't lift your hands, you can't lift your voice. There is something wrong in your spirit. There is something dead in your spirit. But I serve a God tonight that can resurrect the dead, that can stir up everything that, oh, hallelujah. He can rekindle the flame that has grown dim. And if you want God to begin to bring some things back to life in your life you need to lift your hands you need to lift your voice and begin to call on him hallelujah because the dead praise not the Lord hallelujah you can't you, that's why you gotta watch who you you sit next to when you come to church 
You don't want to sit next to deadness because deadness breeds deadness. And I don't want to, I don't want your deadness to affect me. But if you really want to be next to me, you got to allow my fire to begin to affect you because the truth of the matter is that fire is contagious. Hallelujah. And when you're around fire long enough, you're going to be affected by the heat of the flames. And the closer you get is the more you change. And when you're immersed in that flame, you're not going to be the same anymore. Somebody needs to get the fire. The reason why you can't quit that habit, the reason why you can't get rid of that sin, you need some fire in your life to be stirred up. You need the Holy Ghost to come in and rekindle something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, poke your neighbor. Come on. It's for you. You, you need this fire right here. You need this fire. Come on. You, you need what, what's available tonight. Don't you come up in here and act like everything's okay and act like no, you don't need a touch from the Lord. And as soon as you leave this place, you know you're going to go back into a dark situation full of temptation and full of all types of pressures that you cannot handle. What you need is some fire in your life because the, oh, hallelujah. You won't have the fire out there if you can't get the fire in here. This is where you get it. And this is how you keep it. And Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he wants to, he wants to simmer you down. He wants to, he wants to let your flame grow dim. He doesn't like all that worshiping. He doesn't like all that noise. You don't have to do all that. That's not your personality anyway. And you don't, that's not the type of person you are. You don't. Yes. Just go. You, if you, if you, you could go to church, that's, all, that's good enough. You know? It's good enough. Church attendance is not good enough. We're glad you're here. But just being here don't make you a participant in what's going on in the atmosphere. Doesn't mean you got the fire on the inside just because you're around the fire. Everybody want to be around the fire because they bring out the guitars, they bring out the, the graham crackers and the chocolate and the, and the marshmallows. You want to be around the fire because you like well, you like how to you like what goes on around the fire. But nobody really wants to step in and be consumed by what's going on. Hallelujah! Because it's going to change some things about you. You can't be afraid to let God come in and change some things about you. Hallelujah. You just want the spiritual s'mores. You, yeah, you, you, you like being around the fire. You like, you know, getting, a, you know, getting around the fire. Let brother over here get his guitar out and start singing Kumbaya. Everybody love that. Oh, we love that. Get the hay bales out, you know. Let's, you know, put our straw hat on, overalls, and yo, yeah. We, 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 we getting around the fire now. Oh, we, we like all that. But don't, don't tell me, don't tell me to let the fire begin to ignite something on me because that's not comfortable for me. I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't want the fire to, to get on me I, 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 because I, it's, it's not going to be very comfortable. I'm a, it's it's going to hurt sometimes because God is trying to fix some things that are not supposed to be there. Praise God. And that's what fire will do. It will begin to change things that are there and make it into another form. It will transform what's already there. Hallelujah. And that's what God's Spirit wants to do in every one of you young people tonight. He wants to to let his fire get on you not just around you he want his fire to get on you get in you so that you will begin to change be transformed by the fire of the Holy Ghost clap your hands unto the Lord <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah the Bible makes reference to fire many times and and most of those times, it is in reference to the power of God in action in the midst of his people. Everybody has heard of this story of Moses being in the wilderness and seeing a bush burning, but it wasn't consumed. God's presence was manifested, 
by this earthly element of fire. We hear about the story of the children of Israel leaving Egypt as Moses is leading them. The Bible says that they get to this brink of the Red Sea and the army of the Egyptians start following them to recapture them and bring them back into bondage. The Bible says that God came down by his spirit in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So God wasn't just there to help or to protect his people in the daytime, but in the nighttime there was some fire that was present to keep his people from being enslaved back in the things they were just freed from. And that's exactly what the fire of the Holy Ghost does in your life. It will come down and protect you from all those things you said you will not do again. It will separate you and keep you nigh from being captured again and being enslaved in those sins and in those habits. That's why you need the fire in your life. It's not just because you want to be like everybody else in church. You've got some things in your life that's trying to chase you and trying to enslave you and trying to put you back in bondage. But the fire of the Holy Ghost will separate you from every... Oh, hallelujah. Separates you from sin. Separates you from going back to habits that you don't want to be enslaved in again. The fire of the Holy Ghost will separate you. Praise God. So God's Spirit uh, manifests itself as fire. So now in order to get the fire, we have to get a spirit. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 and 29 that our God is a consuming fire. So when you have the fire of the Holy Ghost in your heart, you have God in your heart helping you to be separated from the things that would like to latch on to you. The things that would like to slow you down, the, thing, the things that would like to hinder you and kill your spirit, God will come in and separate you and sever the ties to every, everything of darkness that will try to bring you back into the things that you just left. God wants to separate you from sin. He wants to separate you from the darkness. And that's why you need the gift of the Holy Ghost to come in and illuminate some things in your life because when God's spirit comes in, it begins to turn on some lights. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and the Bible still talking about the word says in him, talking about the spirit of God. The word, hallelujah, in him was life and that life was the light of men. Hallelujah. And that light shineth in darkness. Hallelujah. And the darkness comprehended it not. And that's why you can't get ashamed and you can't get discouraged when people don't understand your walk with God and people try to ridicule you from not being a part of everything else that's going on because darkness will never comprehend the light of the Holy Ghost. So let your light so shine. Don't hide it. Don't put it away. Don't quench it. Let the fire burn. Bring it back. Bring it back. Hallelujah. 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 Bring back the fire. Bring back the fire. That fire will consume sinful flesh. When you have the fire, the Holy Ghost in your heart, it will consume every dark thing that tries to hold you down. When you have the fire of the Holy Ghost in your heart, it will consume every dry spirit, every stiff attitude. Every comatose and dead praise, the, the Holy Ghost will begin to make you want to walk right. It make you make you want to say the right thing. It make you want to talk right. It makes you want to live right and act right. It makes you want to want to reach the unreachable. It makes you want to evangelize it. The fire of the Holy Ghost makes you want to do some things that you probably wouldn't do uh, without the fire of the Holy Ghost. But it pushes you to action. It doesn't it doesn't come into your life to make you stay still. It pushes you uh, to do something. Hallelujah. And 
and I can't just be a part of a church and not do anything. I've got some fire in my life, so I want to be a part of the worship. I want to be a part of the outreach. I want to be a part of everything going on because I've got some fire in my life and I just can't stay still. I've got something on the inside of me that's being stirred up and that's the type of Christian this world needs. It needs a Christian that's on fire. Fire of the Holy Ghost will make you want to forgive the unforgivable. It'll make you want to for, forget things that you, you probably wouldn't want to forget and your grudges that you hold. It makes you begin to see things a little bit less more important than, than what's, more, what's important, which is the, the Spirit of God at work in you. When you have the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life, it makes you want to bless your enemies. You know, you know, you know it, it makes you want to do things that you probably wouldn't do in your own character. But when you got the fire of the Holy Ghost, it makes you love your neighbors. It makes you... It makes you do good to them that use you. It makes, it makes you love your classmates no matter if they try to steal your, 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 your school supplies or try to, try to bully you or try to say bad things about you on social media. It makes you love your, it makes you love your teachers. It makes, you, it makes you love your parents. It makes you love your brothers. It makes you love your sisters. It makes you a, a better daughter, a better son, a better employee, a better customer of Walmart. It makes you a better driver on the interstate. You don't start to put up fingers when somebody cuts you off but you begin to do some other things you begin to bless the Lord anyhow because you got some fire on the inside it makes you better it doesn't make you bitter it makes you better the Holy Ghost makes you better Hallelujah. stand tonight hallelujah Holy Ghost makes you oh hallelujah hallelujah God is trying to give somebody a remedy to what's going on in your life. You need to rekindle the fire. How acting when you first received the Holy Ghost? Oh, you, you dignified now. You, you don't act like that no more because that's only, that's, that's, that's for people that don't know better. Don't you know you're supposed to come up in here, make sure you got your nice, neat, tie on and you know you know oh that's so that's so 90s Man, that's so 2000s you got a bun on the top of your head <laughs> yeah don't you know you're supposed to you're supposed to curl it down with the magic wand and you're supposed to, you're supposed to have a dainty jewels dress on and and you don't don't get too crazy because your heels might break. You don't want to praise God too hard because you don't got your dancing shoes on. You, 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 you oh, hallelujah. We need, to, we need to kick that spirit out of the church. And we, now, I don't know if they're recording this, but don't send this tape out talking about I'm preaching against dainty jewels. <laughs> Glory to God. What you have on should not hinder you from responding how the Spirit is moving in you. And if you can't translate what God is doing on the inside of you, something is wrong. Something is very wrong when you can't respond to the Spirit moving and trying to stir something up on the inside of you. The reason why you feel like shedding tears is because God is kindling a fire on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Because he's trying to put some things back in his proper perspective. He's trying to re... He's trying to restore you. He's trying to replenish you. He wants to rejuvenate your mind and your spirit. He wants to heal your emotions. He, he, he wants to make you better. Hallelujah. Hands lifted up, all eyes closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. John said, I indeed baptize you with water for repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I saw a lot of hands go up saying they got the Holy Ghost, but I'm asking the question tonight, where's the fire? 
This world's got enough dead churches. It's got enough dead Christians. This world needs to see a resurgence of some on fire apostolic penance. Oh, hallelujah. Holy Ghost filled, water baptized. Hallelujah. When was the last time you ran an aisle? When was, when was the last time you, you, you leaped for joy? Not trying, not. Not that leap we be doing just on our tippy toes like this, like look like we're jumping. No, that's not the type. When is the last time you left your feet in the service? When is the last time you clapped as if the devil's face was in between your hands and you're trying to give him a headache? What was the last time you really gave your all? Somebody needs to stir it up. Somebody needs to stir Somebody needs to stir it up. Somebody needs to rekindle it. Somebody needs to set it ablaze. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm done preaching. Hallelujah. You can come forward. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. What's going to defeat the enemy in your life? It's going to be the fire. But you won't have the fire to fight him later. If you don't get the fire of the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. It's for you. You need it. You need this fire that the Holy Ghost has for you tonight. You need to stir something up that probably you haven't felt in a long time. And what was the last time you spoke in tongues? What was the last time you, you cried under the power of the Holy Ghost as it was moving on your heart? When was the last time you felt broken by the Spirit? It's time to rekindle the fire. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like what some of you are doing. If you're standing next to somebody, why don't you join up with somebody and lift their hands to heaven or begin to put your arm around them, whatever's appropriate and whatever's comfortable for the person you're standing with and begin to lift your voice and begin to praise and magnify the Lord. Begin to worship God from the bottom of your heart. Don't, don't, don't pray and don't worship without words. Don't do it in your mind. Don't do it in your spirit. Let your voice out. That's where the power in what you're saying begins to be activated when you begin to say it out loud, declare it in the atmosphere, and let the fire of the Holy Ghost eradicate every enemy of your soul. I want more. 